Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Thank you to all the loyal listeners. And in celebration of 100,000 downloads, we have a huge giveaway. We're giving away an autographed copy of Robert Kiyosaki's latest book, Second Chance. If you'd like to win an autographed copy of Robert's latest book, send an email to victor at victorjm.com and put 100,000 in the subject. We'll be holding the drawing on the last day of October, and the winner will be announced on November 1st. Send your email to victor at victorjm.com with 100,000 in the subject line. Nothing seems to strike fear into the hearts of real estate investors quite like another interest rate increase. Two things traditionally drive higher interest rates, and they both come down to risk. Risk to the currency as a store of value, and risk that the borrower represents to the lender. We typically refer to the first risk as inflation. In the presence of inflation, the value of the dollar goes down, and that's why we see interest rates, for example, of 65% in Argentina right now, confidence in their currency is terribly low. Interest rates also affect the cost for businesses to invest in future growth. Central bankers can influence economic activity by either raising or lowering interest rates. Low interest rates stimulate investment and high interest rates discourage investment. Yesterday, the Bank of Canada raised its benchmark rate by a quarter point to 1.75%. We all know that interest rates are heading higher, and that's not news. What has changed is the guidance on future rate increases. Gone was the language about moderated future increases. The recently negotiated free trade agreement between Canada and the U.S. removed some of the prior uncertainty on the economic outlook. This has given policymakers the confidence that the economy will continue to remain strong in the coming quarters, and that raises the threat of inflation. Higher interest rates are seen necessary to keep inflation in check below the target of 2.5%. And it's widely expected the central bank rate will settle into a more normal range, somewhere between 25 to 3.5% over the next year. So we're looking at a number of additional rate increases. And the same is true for U.S. central bank policy. The spread between Canadian and U.S. Treasuries sits at 12 basis points for the two-year notes. This means that the interest rates and the rates of return for the sovereign debt of both these countries, Canada and the U.S., are very tightly tied together. Canadian dollar rose slightly against the U.S. dollar as money markets consider U.S. and Canadian sovereign debt to be of equivalent quality. So the higher interest rate in Canada, at least temporarily, has made Canada look slightly more attractive. The Bank of Canada also signaled in its guidance that the period of monetary stimulus is over. This means we could see interest rates rise at a pace that we haven't seen in recent memory. Historically, the Bank of England, the Bank of Canada, and the U.S. Federal Reserve have been pretty closely aligned in terms of interest rates. But the UK has its own challenges as it tries to navigate an exit from the European Union. So we're not going to pay an awful lot of attention to the UK because they have their own problems. When central banks set the interest rate, they're affecting a wide swath across the entire economy. It affects everything from real estate costs to the cost of government deficit spending to the flow of capital in foreign exchange markets. The market for treasuries is both domestic and international. In the U.S., foreign demand for U.S. Treasuries has traditionally been quite high. The countries holding the most U.S. Treasuries have been China, Saudi Arabia, and Japan. Back in 2013, foreigners bought 50% of U.S. Treasuries. Today, that's fallen to 41%. And if the buyers for these government bonds disappear, governments will need to raise interest rates to make them more attractive to buyers. If investors perceive higher risk, they're going to demand higher rates to compensate for that risk. 
If the US dollar or the Canadian dollar is seen as a riskier store of value, they will attach a risk premium, that is a higher interest rate, to those bonds. Even if you as a borrower do everything right and represent the lowest possible risk to a bank, you could still be facing a risk premium because the government spending is seen to be out of control. And when that happens, governments print money which devalues the currency. In the past week, yields on U.S. Treasuries have fallen slightly. But this is not a vote of confidence in the U.S. In fact, it's a reaction to increased risk in Europe. The Italian government presented its budget to the European Parliament, and it contains spending that's in violation of Eurozone rules. The Italians were sent back to the drawing board, but so far, they're sticking to their guns on higher-than-permitted deficit spending. Investors have reacted by attaching a much bigger risk premium to euros, and even though the euro reflects a wide range of economies from Germany with very low deficits to Italy, Spain, Greece, and Portugal, who are in actually rather terrible financial shape, there's still a risk premium being attached to European bonds. The range of deficit spending in Europe is extremely broad. Germany's debt sits at 63% of GDP, whereas Italy is at 133% of GDP. Investors have been shedding Italian government bonds like crazy. And Moody's just downgraded Italian government debt to one level just above investment grade. We're seeing governments the world over struggle with keeping their debt under control. And the impact to us as real estate investors is higher interest rates. That means your projects and mine have to be strong enough to be able to withstand higher interest rates. So you're thinking about that, have a spectacular day. Go make some great things happen and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.